deep left into the bleachers. A two-run homer. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Liftoff. And history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. This is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on the Cleveland Indians. Santana makes the catch. Ball game. The Indians have won the American League pennant. The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series. Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is Dan Kader, and of course, I'm joined by Ryan Lewis. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing great. Now that we've both survived the great Ohio earthquake of 2019, yes, we are okay, and uh, the world has not ended. So let's podcast. That's right. We are recording this on Monday, as always. It's just a little before three o'clock. And again, if you if you didn't notice, there was an earthquake in Ohio on Monday, Northeast Ohio, 4.0 magnitude believe it or not so um, a little bit of a rumble there but not not quite like the rumble coming from the bat of roberto perez oh what a, what a segue thank you <laughs> we will get into the indians starting catcher here in a little bit on the on the show we're going to talk about him we're going to talk about the continual problems for a couple of indians batters namely leonis martin and jake bowers we're going to talk about the pitchers a little bit, the health of Carlos Carrasco, Mike Clevenger, and more. But Ryan, I, I want to start real quick. I know we don't go game-by-game game coverage here on leading off, but I do want to talk about the last two series the Indians have had. Now, I know the Indians didn't make up a ton of ground. In fact, they didn't hardly make up any, despite the fact that they won series against the Twins and the Yankees two out of three in both of those. So I know they didn't make up a lot of ground, but it sure seemed encouraging. Um, what, what are your takeaways, I guess, from this these past two series? Yeah, so, I mean, this this was a, a key week for the Indians, just in terms of, you know, how, how they've been trending, uh, their, uh, their standing uh, within the standings, um, you know, things that they've been dealing with, the time of year, in relation to the trade deadline approaching and uh, some decisions that they'll have to make. So this, you know, it is only, you know, early to mid-June, but in terms of, you know, uh, things that can tip the scales toward how the Indians respond and and where they end up standing in a few weeks, this was a a, a crucial stretch for them. And, uh, you know, you're right, they didn't make up a a lot of ground. They made up one game in the Central. They made up, uh, I think, half a game in the wild card, so they're you know they're basically still where they are. But you know there wasn't a lot that was going to be won or decided this week, but there could have been a lot that was lost, just in terms of a, a disastrous week, a worst case scenario week, may have propelled the Indians and the front office into uh, you know the the mode of being sellers. You know they, it could have been enough um, to where they they decided and you know they can start taking action. Uh, with with uh, with a little more certainty, um, you know that this season maybe maybe lost. But the Indians survived. They went four and two. They played well. Um, you know the offense had the kind of uptick that they've sort of been searching for for the most part for the entire season. Uh, they had a, a, a four run comeback against the Twins. They came back yesterday against the Yankees down 5-0 That they ended up losing that game in extras, but it was the the sort of stretch that they've 
that they've been looking for. Um, so it's something where they, you know, the best case scenario was pretty much going to be the Indians, you know, maintaining their standing and, uh, you know, staving off a couple of difficult decisions within the front office. And they were able to do that. They were able to kind of keep, um, you know, those decisions in limbo for now. Um, and it was, it was a very positive week in a lot of ways. It was um, a tumultuous week in terms of, you know, the news with Carlos Carrasco and how the clubhouse handled that. Uh, they were entering a stretch uh, against two of the better teams in the American League. But the Indians, for the most part, handled themselves, and they've, they've kept their, their heads above water, and they're, they're still in a position where, you know, they can do some things, and, uh, you know, we'll kind of see where they stand. But this was a, a positive stretch for a team that really needed it, and specifically the offense to kind of find the, the kind of pop and power that they've been looking for. Yeah, I, I don't want to say they turned a corner just based on two series, but to me, I think this is what we all kind of thought the Indians' offense should look like. And I don't want to say would look like because we all kind of expected it to be a a down year for the offense. But these two series kind of showed um, what the Indians' offense can be. And that, that's despite the fact that, like, Jose Ramirez is still struggling in a big way. But um, a, a big part of these last two series, I mentioned in Roberto Perez, he's up to 11 home runs this year. He's second on the team at this point, right behind Carlos Santana, who has 12. You know, it, it, it's been interesting watching Roberto Perez, to be honest with you, Ryan, because I, I never thought he had this kind of power in him. I know we never got to see it too much because he was the back to Jan Gomes in the past, but I, I just got to ask, what the heck is getting into Roberto Perez? <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. Roberto Perez kind of tried to tell everybody in January. He said that he was going to try to prove some people wrong. And he, he said in January that, you know, he felt that, his time behind Jan Gomes when, you know, he wasn't getting regular at bats on a consistent basis unless Gomes was on uh, the, at the time it was called the disabled list, now the injured list. You know, barring that though, uh, you know, he never had consistent at bats, which makes it a little more difficult for you to kind of figure out uh, you know, trends in terms of how teams are pitching you. It's, it's difficult to get into a rhythm. And Roberto said at the time that you know, he kept falling into the trap of thinking, okay, I've got three or four at-bats today. They may be the only at-bats that I get for several days. And he was trying to hit a home run every single at-bat. He was trying to do too much. And, you know, it, it, it really, uh, you know, pulled down a lot of his numbers because he was just trying to take advantage of every single opportunity that he had, but he was pressing. And then he said around opening day that one of his goals, you know, was not only to, over the winter, go to the Dominican Republic, get as many at-bats as possible, find a rhythm, you know, start to get used to that, but he also wanted to, to stop trying to hit home runs. He wanted to, to uh, you know, take what pitchers give him in a way, stop trying to do too much, just kind of relax, know that they're going to be more at-bats. And he felt, you know, he said and he felt that all of those elements would, would help him to a pretty great degree, and they have so far. Uh, you know, he's never going to be a guy who has a high batting average. Uh, he does get on base at, at a um, mostly good clip, uh, but the power is, is kind of what's showing through. And, you know, uh, Berto said, he said all winter that here's what I want to do, here's how I think it's going to help, and, and it has. And, you know, considering there were, there were some concerns after the Indians traded Young Gomes, uh, considering the offense was already not looking quite as, as lengthy as it used to, but, you know, Berto has, has held his own. 
and he's really provided the Indians with with a huge boost. And now, you know, at this point, Jeffrey Rodriguez has, has gone down to the to the injured list. But you know, between Rodriguez and Daniel Johnson, that trade in the very early stages is actually looking pretty good for the Indians. Yeah, it, it really is. And part of me wonders, like. You know what we we've seen what Perez can do now as a starter. Like you said, he's never going to hit for big average, but the power is there. I kind of wonder if there's other examples of of this kind of thing with the Indians that are out there. Like, you know, if Jordan Leplo, you know, who has been pretty decent, I would I would describe him as since he got called back up earlier this season. I wonder if it's the same kind of thing with him, where it's just a God. He just needs it consistent at bats. And he you just can't keep yo-yoing guys in and out of a, a lineup. Um, I don't know, Ryan. What do you think? Is is there any other players like that on the roster? Is Perez the only one where this consistent playing time is is becoming a a positive factor for them? No, I I think there are a lot of cases. Um, you know, specifically, there's. There's often a reason when you know some of the younger guys, like we talked about Oscar Mercado. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are some cases with uh, specifically rookies and younger players where the Indians don't necessarily want to you know carry certain guys out, uh, out of camp and into open onto the opening day roster because they want them to get regular bats. Because when you're not, it's a difficult thing to handle already because you're not in a rhythm. Uh, you know, it, it's just it's difficult to kind of maintain your timing to a certain extent. So that's a difficult thing and a situation to handle, but more so if, with a younger player. You know, Greg Allen really struggled uh, to start this year, and the Indians and, and uh, Terry Francona, they acknowledge that, hey, he wasn't in the best spot. He's a guy that you know, the Indians have been unable to avoid certain less-than-ideal scenarios. You know, Zach Plesek having to face the Red Sox and the Yankees and, and the White Sox in his first three starts is one of them. He's excelled in that role so far. But just to kind of point out that the Indians haven't been able to really avoid certain situations that maybe just weren't ideal. Um, but you know, now that Austin Mercado is getting regular bats, he's he's played very well. You know, they sent Jordan Luplo down to Triple A so that he could continue to get regular bats on an everyday basis instead of the platoon role that he was struggling in. And, and like you said, since he's returned to the majors, um, at least against the lefties, he's been much better. And, and you know, he's been hitting cleanup a lot of days uh, against lefties, and he's provided. A nice boost to this offense, you know. But it's just a, a situation where, uh, you know, sometimes it's uh, it's just something where guys just need extra time. You know, the Indians don't like to give up on players. It's one of the reasons why uh, you know Danny Salazar was given the contract that he was uh, given this offseason. It's one of the reasons why they were patient with Carlos Carrasco. They were patient with uh, you know so many other guys um, who you know have really taken a step forward lately. And and that goes the same with hitting that. It, at times, guys can figure things out, and getting regular playing time is one of the ways that can kind of facilitate that. And, and in Berto's case, it's really helped him. Right, it, it really has. And the, you know, it, the the flip side, the you see Giovanni Urshela playing for the Yankees. The Indians traded him for cash a couple of years ago, so um, and he just wasn't getting at bats in Cleveland. Now he's playing pretty well for the Yankees. So. It's not totally uncommon in baseball. It's just interesting to see with Perez um, just the power that that he has now, and it's something the Indians need. Uh, Two guys that, you know, they're not bringing the power, 
they're they're swinging like they're trying to hit for power, and they're just not. They're just striking out a lot. Jake Bowers and Leonis Martin, um, those two guys overwhelmingly lead the Indians in strikeouts this season. Bowers has 60, Martin has 70. Martin has eight homers, 16 RBI. Jake Bowers has seven and 22. Um, just very average, uh, below average, I guess I would even say, from these guys. Ryan, what, what's the situation with them? Are they going to keep getting put out there? We've talked about Bowers and how the Indians want to give him every chance possible. But the rate at which these guys are striking out and the, frankly, just bad play, how long can the Indians stick with these two? Well, sort of what we were just talking about. In, yeah. in the case yeah. of, of, of Jake Bowers, I think the, the overwhelming factor is going to be what they think is best for his long-term development. Mm-hmm. And one thing to, to remember, Jake Bowers is 23 years old, and we talked all season about Oscar Mercado and when and why he should be in the majors and you know looking toward that promotion and, and when should it happen and things like that. Oscar Mercado is almost a full year older than Jake Bowers. It's just that Bowers, uh, in terms of when he developed and uh, how he how he played at AAA, and he, it, you know, he reached the the point where he didn't have much left to prove at AAA. So uh, the Rays promoted him last year, and so the Indians kept him in the majors without you know him needing to show very much in the minors. So you know he was he was a guy that the Indians wanted to see uh, if he could develop on the fly and, and become a, a long term piece for them. And, He's had, he's had two cases recently that have been kind of interesting where the strikeouts have piled up all at once. Uh, at one point during Sunday's game, he had struck out in six of his last eight at-bats, and on the, on the sixth case of that, he you know, kind of chucked his bat, chucked his helmet, visibly frustrated. But he's had two cases where the strikeouts have just piled up all at once within two or three games, and then he's absolutely belted, like a 440-foot home run. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, he hit one to the second row of trees in center field uh, that that tied the game at the time. So it's a it, it's been a, a strange pattern with him where um, you know he's really struggled over the course of a couple of games, but then he's hit a, a key home run. He's, he's uh, you know it's not one that kind of just got out. He's he's really drilled one. Um, so you know he's a guy that the Indians are, are are certainly watching, certainly hoping that that he can develop and. You know, like you said, they're they're going to give him every chance to succeed if they decide that you know that is in AAA. I don't I don't think that's terribly likely. I, I think it's more likely that he stays up in the majors just because of his his roster fit and the fact that you know he's played so well at AAA that there isn't really much left to prove. And um, you know he has had moments in, in the majors uh, surrounded by some some poor stretches. Um, you know, so I, I I do think that he's he's kind of on that path for them with Leonis Martin. He got off to a tremendous start to the to the 2019 season, but in May and June, his OPS has been below 540, which you can't really be running that out, you know, almost every day. Um, and you asked last week, you know, about some roster moves that mm-hmm. that were that were on the way, and could this be, you know, Leonis Martin and the the end of the road for him with the Indians? Uh, you know, it was possible, but at, at the time, the Indians had so many relievers in the bullpen that. You know, something that they love to have. Tito loves to to protect his pitching, which which is always important. And you always want to make sure that you you protect your pitching. But in the case of Don Jonas Martin and the outfield construction, you know, the Indians right now have five outfielders, and you also have to protect that other side. Where if they went down to four right now, 
you know they're uh, they're playing three and one is often uh, acting as the DH. So that kind of does put you in a spot. So in terms of Leonis Martin, barring a pretty significant turnaround, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how much longer he'll be able to stick around with the Indians in the majors. Uh, I do think that one variable uh, that may be tied to all this is Bradley Zimmer's health. He's been recovering from shoulder surgery, and then he's also been dealing with an oblique injury. Uh, about a week ago, he was all set to be transferred from Arizona back to Columbus, and he tweaked uh, you know, he, he tweaked some things again, uh, so he's been shut down for a couple of days. But as soon as Bradley Zimmer is ready, I, I could I could certainly see his promotion back to the majors once his swing, uh, you know, looks like is is to a point where the Indians can can plug him in the center field, and uh, that could be the end of Leonis Martin with the Indians, barring a turnaround because he's he's just really struggling, and this has been a lengthy slump now. And, uh, you know, it's just something where, you know, once the Indians have the health and have numbers, uh, Jonas Martin might find himself in a, in a tough spot. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I'm glad you added that on about, about Zimmer. Um, so we'll, we'll see when, when he comes back, the, the future of Jonas Martin, who, you know, you hate to see it because the, the guy, you know, he went through the health stuff last season and... I personally, I've never read a bad thing about the guy. Who? What do I know about these players? But he seems like a, a solid person too. So you hate to see yeah, it, but it is what it is yeah, at some he, point. Yeah, he, I'm sorry. He's, he's one of those guys that's pretty much universally liked, and he's always joking around in a clubhouse with guys. Um, you know, he's he's one of those veterans that that a lot of teams do like to have. It's just there does have to be a certain level of production, and he may find it. He had it earlier this year. You know, he was he was hitting really well. The OPS was around like 7:30 or 7:40 for the first several weeks of the season. So he was playing really well. It's just it's it's been a lengthy enough time to where once the Indians have you know have the uh, the necessary options and and the reasons to to go away from him, he he might kind of lose the numbers game. Mm. Well, let's talk a little bit, Ryan, about the the pitching situation for the Indians right now. And they they lost another starter in Carlos Carrasco who. Um, boy, that that was just a gut punch last week, and we haven't recorded since then. Um, what, what's the mood in the clubhouse regarding Carlos Carrasco? I know we don't know a lot about his his blood condition, which just sounds awful uh, just to say it. But what, what's the mood around the Indians? What do they do while he's he's gone? You know, they've talked about you know the. There was an energy in the clubhouse going into Tuesday's game against the Twins, partially because it's the Twins, and you know mm-hmm. that's that's the team that the Indians are going to be chasing all season. But also, it was coming just after a team meeting where uh, you know the club talked about Carrasco with Carrasco there, and they you know they talked about the baseball family. And Jordan Luplo said on Wednesday about how you know that situation it, it it reminds you that baseball is just baseball at the end of the day, and there are more important things and. Uh, you know, a lot of guys have have spoken to that. Uh, you know, Bertie Berto said that you know they want to they want to do it for him, do it for Carlos, and uh, you know, so it, it is something where uh, the Indians have left it up to Carlos when he wants to detail what he is dealing with. It's obviously serious enough that he is stepping away from baseball for a time. The Indians don't exactly know when to expect him back this uh, you know this year, uh, whenever. Um, 
so it, it's it, the energy has has been somewhat like tight-lipped because uh, you know they they don't want to speak to details about what is going on but you know we know they held a team meeting and and the energy has been there there's been a a, a family attitude I, I i would say and they've you know it's something that can kind of bring guys together and kind of reset uh you know priorities or your mindset and uh, the Indians certainly responded well. They won four, you know, on the field. They won four or six games, and their both losses were one-run losses. Um, so you know, it was a it was a positive week on the field, but I think a tough week off the field for a lot of guys as they're they're dealing with this. And we'll you know we'll wait until Carlos is ready to announce what he's dealing with and his his timeline. But you know, for the time being, you know, the Indians support him uh, and will you know whatever he needs and however much time he needs away from from the field right now um so it's just it, it's a spot that they'll have to replace but they're you know they're supporting him and whatever he needs to to deal with what he's dealing with mm. at some point soon at least for you know on the baseball field the indians could be getting mike clevenger back he has another rehab start this week there's the potential that he starts on sunday brian i gotta tell you I'm getting real antsy with this Mike Clevenger stuff. Seeing him in the, you know, in the dugout, he's kind of holding court at times when the camera goes on him during games. Um, I, I need Mike Clevenger back in my baseball life. Damn it! Well, he almost couldn't have gotten off to a better start to this season. Uh, you know, there's never a good time for an injury, but for Clevenger, uh, he looked really sharp in yeah. his first couple starts this season. Um, there's a certain somebody on this podcast. Hmm. Was very high on him, potentially hmm. a Cy Young pick, um, <laughs> and uh, that, that was looking. Actually, uh, there were two Cy Young picks that looked pretty good through the first two starts. One, yeah. Trevor Bauer has uh, kind of fallen off that wagon a little bit as he struggled, and another Clevenger was hurt. Um, but yeah, the, getting Clevenger back is a is a pretty major boost for this team. If he, you know, obviously he's not going to pitch like he did through the first two starts for. Uh, for an extended period of time, but if he can pitch well, um, you know that that's a major addition to this rotation, especially during a week where, you know, we're we're waiting to hear about any, any potential timeline uh, with Carrasco. Corey Kluber is expected to be reevaluated at some point within the next week to give a little more, cl- well, potentially give a little more clarity in terms of his timetable. Uh, you know, those are two major pieces, but to get Clevenger back uh, to join Zach Plesac, who's done really well in a very limited sample size, but he's um, he's really done well to, uh, you know, to patch some of the holes that the Indians have, to, have had to deal with in the rotation. Uh, you know, Shane Bieber really struggled yesterday, but he's been, for the most part, solid this season. And, and Bauer has been struggling and trying to figure things out. So, you know, to get Clevenger back is would be a major boost. Um, and then if the Indians do end up getting good news with Corey Kluver, say, that his timetable isn't terribly uh, lengthy, um, you know, it could certainly go the other way. Um, but we'll see, and and you know, it's just a situation where the Indians' rotation has sort of been a mess all season. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the year, it looked like that was their concrete unit and kind of their you know their backbone. And really, since like a week or two into the season, um, it's been so unstable and such a revolving door and full of question marks. And uh, you know, this next week might go uh, fairly uh, you know long toward. Uh, figuring some of that stuff out, and in just in terms of the Indians trying to climb back into the central race and trying to secure one of those wild card spots, it's it's potentially the biggest factor. So you know we're uh, just like this past week was crucial. Uh, you know 
uh, pretty much every week leading up to the trade deadline will be will be key in terms of the Indians deciding which way they go and, and the moves that they might make. Yeah, for sure. And we will be following them closely. And I do want to say real quick, and I don't, we don't have to keep going here because we're starting to get long, but I will say Trevor Bauer, he's been pretty bad, but he's still giving them incredible length. Like he, he allowed like five runs in the last game, but he still pitched like seven innings. So at least he's doing that. Um, yeah, and that's that's why you know last year when he got hit with that comebacker last year, right? He was he had a lengthy lead in terms of pitcher war, and that's one of the reasons is that he pitches so deep into games that it it alleviates uh, some or it alleviates some of the pressure off of the bullpen. Uh, you know, a lot of those situations can be you know some high, higher leverage situations where he uh, he's often pitching better deeper into games than in the beginning, and so that's. That's a big. That is a big part of his value, and that's why it took Justin Verlander like weeks to catch up to Bauer in pitcher war, even though Bauer was hurt. Um, you know, he threw 119 pitches the other day, so he's 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 at least providing that, but he's also you know visibly frustrated. Um, you know, with his last about six weeks, as he tries to search for answers, but um, yeah, that is part of his value, and it's something that. Even when he struggles, he's at least not going to kill the bullpen. Right, exactly. Well, Ryan, anything else before we get out of here? No, no. <laughs> let's, let's do it. We'll, uh, uh, we'll make sure there aren't any other earthquakes. But that transition earlier, bravo, sir. Thank you. That was tremendous. On the fly, too. Unplanned. That's good. I, I can't top that, so we, we should just get out of here. That's right. Well, I'm a professional podcaster now, apparently, <laughs> so that that's the kind of stuff you get here. But... I will say we will be off next week on the podcast. Ryan is taking a well-deserved vacation, I believe. So mm-hmm. no podcast next week, so we went a little long this week. So anybody, everybody, thanks for listening as I screw up my outro as usual, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>